Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. It's not about equal gifts. It's about equal commitment. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context, where we are helping believers live out kingdom life in the context of the culture and their local church. Uh, we're continuing our podcast series based on my book, Core Culture, and I want to talk from chapter 8 today, and the heading of that chapter is the equality of commitment, not gifts. In other words, we each have the ability to be equally committed even though our gifts, whether ministry gifts or spiritual gifts or financial gifts may be different, we can be equally committed. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians 8, two verses, 13 or three verses, 13, 14, and 15. For this is not for the ease of others and your affliction, but by way of equality. He's writing to the Corinthian church, asking them to help the Jerusalem church. He's not saying, look, I'm not putting a burden on you. I'm, I'm just giving you an equal opportunity, and I'm asking everybody to do something. At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need. Like right now, you have it, they don't, but you know what? That might change. So that their abundance also may become a supply for your need, that there may be equality. What he's saying, if it was you, I would do the same thing. If you were the party that was hurting, I'd be right in the Jerusalem church and I'd be asking them to help you. And then he says this, uh, that that there may be equality as it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much and he who gathered little had no lack. In other words, there is a fullness in the body that the resources that are needed for, I believe, any church at any time are in the body. Like a friend of mine once said, he said, you know, the good news is that God has all the money we need. The bad news is it's in some people's pockets, okay? So we've got to understand this. But this principle here of equal commitment, not gifts, it really is life-changing when you talk about building a core culture in a church or a family or an organization. People with little are given the same opportunity. Think about the even the principle of the tithe. It's 10%. It's not 10% if you're poor or 10% if you're rich. It's it's 10%. It's, it's off the top. God does not look at you as being less able to give, just the volume of what you're able to give. The same would be true with spiritual gifts. You don't have to compare yourself to somebody else. What you do is say, what has God given me? And I'm going to, I'm going to put that to use. And that's kind of the core thought of this passage right here. Our gifts are different, but our commitment is the same. Okay, you know, that sounds like a marriage, right? Our gifts are different, but our commitment is the same. And here's what we do without realizing it. I think sometimes we measure people economically, okay? And we decide that we're not going to ask them to help because we decided that God is not their source. And you know what we're really doing? We're disqualifying them. We're making them second-class citizens in the kingdom of God, and we're literally shutting the door on them, taking their place in the body, And we're cutting off the very way God blesses you because if you don't sow seed, how are you going to have a crop that comes in, okay? And and along with that thinking, what happens is we train people, 
unwittingly, but we train them to believe, well, somebody else will take care of the needs. Somebody else that has more than me. In other words, they're measuring themselves against somebody else's gifts rather than against their commitment. And so they wait for somebody else to do it. And that's not a healthy thing at all. The thing, the answer to our heart in relationship to God, and when God speaks to heart to be God, what do you require of me? God, what are you asking me? And I think as a leader, if we take that away from people based on their their social or economic uh, strata, then I think we're really performing a form of prejudice that, that we're probably not cognizant of, but we're really doing that. We're limiting that person. We're putting a lid on that person that God is not putting a lid on. Uh, you know, there were three different groups of people here that involve all around the story. You know, you had the Corinthians, you had the Macedonians, and you had the saints in Jerusalem. And they all had, you know, different cultures and different things going on. But Paul laid out the argument that they should be equally committed. And and that was really a powerful thing that brought the New Testament church together. And here's what we've got to understand. Hurting people or people that are in tough situations, they get helped by being embraced and being a part of something, okay? They are embraced because their commitment is equal, even though their gifts might be equal. So in a healthy church, you could have somebody that don't has, does not have a great you know, social status or a great income status, but that person is as equally committed and it's demonstrated by their giving. They can't give the volume maybe of somebody else. They don't have the resources to work with, but their heart is absolutely as committed as the next person. And, and that is life-changing, and that brings people together. It melts their hearts together. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why the body of Christ just, quite frankly, outperforms all the social service agencies. Because the social service agencies are just, you know, they're, they're based on, we got to meet this need. You know, we, we got to get food, or we got to get housing, or we've got to get even education. Not bad things, certainly. But it's all about putting something into that person, and there's no response for that person to give back. And I think what's happened is, while we're trying to be nicer than Jesus, we've created a consumer class in the church, and I don't even think that's their heart. That's just what they've been trained to do, and they're waiting for somebody else to do their giving. You know, that'd be like worship. What what if we said, okay, worship is going to start... But unless you can really sing good or, you know, you've, you're part of the choir, we just want you to sit down and shut up and, and watch everybody. Well, that would rule me out right away and probably some of you because it's about commitment. Giving is a reflection of our heart. It's, it's about commitment. And I don't think we should ever communicate in any way, shape, or form that we would expect less of a commitment based on somebody's economic status. That is economic prejudice in its rawest form. And, you know, and here's something interesting I found out. You know, we've had wealthy people in our churches, and uh, I've noticed that those people are inspired when they see us teaching and preaching and expecting everybody to contribute. Because so often those people who have more resources 
people make a beeline to them, even in the church. You know, there's a need in the church and, you know, it, it, we reach out to those people that we know have more resources. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if they're givers, they won't be offended by it. But I'll tell you what will really inspire them even more is when we say to that guy that's struggling a little bit, that, that person that, you know, maybe doesn't have as much, uh, certainly as they have, but hey, you can be a part of it. You know, when we would do our mission pledges, you know, I, I didn't give those those mission pledges to just rich people or middle class people. I gamed everybody. I and I and I told everybody the same thing. Pray about what God wants you to do. And we were raising money to build buildings and we were doing principal campaigns. We did the same thing. We didn't take a certain group of people and cut them out and say, Oh, you know, we don't want to ask them because they don't have much. Do you know how offensive that must be to the Holy Spirit? We don't want to ask them because, you know, they don't have as much when, when what a, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. That's the culture of giving. It's a privilege to give to God. It's a privilege to be involved. And it's a privilege to be connected. And I think what happens sometimes is we create a culture where we're looking at giftings, whether they're outward giftings like spiritual gifts or leadership gifts or whatever it may be, and we're looking at financial ability, financial gifts, and we are a little more bold to ask those people that we see with prominent gifts to serve because we figure, well, they got enough to go around as if they could waste some, which is a bad attitude. But also looking at other people and saying, you know what, you can serve. There's something you could do here. You, you can get plugged in. You can lift your hand. You don't have to sit here and be a sermon taster the rest of your life, okay? And, and that is true financially. You know, I remember I had a, a, a lady in our church. She was a single mom. She came from a great home. And uh, she came to me one day and said, Pastor, I'm really in a kind of a financial mess. And uh, and I I uh, pulled out her giving record because I do that from time to time. And I said to her, I said, well, I'm looking at this and you're not tithing. Is that correct? She said, yeah, I, I'm not tithing. I said to her, I won't mention her name. I said to her, I said, well, listen. For me to give you counsel right now, I would be acting like I'm smarter than God. But here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to to do anything I can with my own hands. I'm willing to roll up my sleeves and help you. Her car needed some attention. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm a car guy. I said, I'll, I'll work on your car. I'll, I'll serve you. I'll do what I can to help you in that. But until you start tithing, now I wasn't telling her anything she didn't know. As I sat there and talked to her, it was like she was... She was rejoicing that I was challenging her because she was there. She wanted to be commitment. She wanted to be a part of everything that was going on. Was I being mean by telling her this is the way God blesses a life is by making them equal contributors, even though she had little. And I can't give you the details, but there was something happening. And all of a sudden, God intervened in her life. Something very unique. I've never seen it happen like this before. And met a financial need she had. She didn't tell anybody. We didn't pray about it out loud. There was nothing that came through a very interesting source. <laughs> it, it just It's a great story. But she had started tithing. When she left that off, she said, thank you for telling me what I know that I needed to hear. She said, you know, my parents always gave. They never cheated God. And thank you for being my pastor. Hmm. 
that's the kind of heart I think we need to have. When we talk about loving people, we're talking about teaching people and giving them the opportunity to where the blessing is at. In equal commitment, there is a great, great blessing. You can be as committed to your church as the person with the most gifts and the most finances. You can be just that committed. And I would encourage you to be that, okay? Because it's not about equal gifts, it's about equal commitment. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Thanks for spending these few minutes with me and would you pass this on to somebody if you think it would be a blessing. We each have the ability to be equally committed, even though our gifts are different. Because it's not about equal gifts, it's about equal commitment. You can order Pastor Keith's latest book, Core Culture, The Tremendous Strategy of Generosity That Launched the Church, by visiting nrpastors.com backslash core culture. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership and Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask him a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.